On the Wednesday edition of In the Gate, we'll chat with two men who ply the same trade, but who could not possibly come from more different backgrounds. Kendrick Carmouche from the Louisiana Bayou will ride in the Breeders' Cup for just the fourth year in his career. Frankie DeTore, the high society, elegant European champion, has 12 Breeders' Cup wins. It's hard to call him a comeback story, but that's exactly what he is. Kendrick Carmouche and Frankie DeTore join us next here on In the Gate. They're in the gate. They're in the gate. In the gate. They're in the gate. It's a hit-bobbing finish! This is In the Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In the Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes Store and TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone that you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In the Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In the Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? Ponds, or should I say swamps, were an everyday part of life for jockey Kendrick Carmouche, who grew up on the bayous of Louisiana, a place that just seems to breed jockeys as much as horses. Kendrick Carmouche moved from his home tracks, Delta and Evangeline Downs, to Philadelphia, where it was always sunny for him. Five straight seasons of 200-plus victories and four straight riding titles at parks. Now Carmouche rides mainly in New York, where he partners with a horse whose biggest wins have come at the aforementioned parks. Your sensation right now, not doing enough well down inside. Inside the final furlong, Bolt Thunder has the lead. They're closing Pure Sensation down to the inside. Outside is Rainbow Air between horses. Here comes Pure Sensation with late rail run. Yes, sir, Pure Sensation rode the rail to win it. Pure Sensation will now take his rider all the way to Del Mar for the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. And we are pleased to welcome to win the gate for the first time, jockey Kendrick Carmouche. Let's start with Pure Sensation. He's had an up-and-down year, a couple of off-the-board finishes, then a win in the park's dash. He set the pace, but tired late in a race at Saratoga, but then rebounded, as we heard, in the Turf Monster at Parks. What do you make of those up-and-down efforts? Um, I thought overall he did run his races whenever we could go to the winter circle and we managed good trips and, you know, that a couple races that he didn't do good, he, he wasn't a hundred percent, you know, and coming out of the turf month, the last time we knew going into it and coming out of it, that he wasn't, he was at least 75, 80% good. And he still run a good race by winning. We really do think the five furlongs at Del Mar and him being fresh, we going into the race the way we want to. And I've been working him. He's been working very good. I mean, he feels good. He's happy. So I think we're going into this race with hopefully one of our best efforts and hope that everything go, go, go well, get a good post. Now, he won three stakes in a row last year, including the Jiper at Belmont Park, not just races at parks. What kind of input have you given trainer Christoph Clement about pure sensation and what it would take to maximize his efforts? Oh, you know, we always did. Over the years, I always wrote him. Just like I said, I think we, we, we read him a little too much this year, which, you know, he loves running fresh. As you can see in the past, he run a certain four or five races a year and do really, really 
Good win. I'm going into the Breeders' Cup, I think, you know, they had one other sprint race that we could have go in before the Breeders' Cup, and we just skipped it. They asked, you know, you know, as a team, we all thought that we should skip that race and just go straight to the Breeders' Cup, just have them nice and fresh and happy. And, you know, um, the horse runs on the lead. The, run, the horse runs good off the lead. It's all what he's preferring that day whenever he leaves the gates in the afternoon. Now, you have a reputation as a really good rider of turf horses. You've said grass riding is like playing chess. What about riding on turf differs from riding on dirt? Uh, you know, um, riding on the turf, it's about pacing. Horses, you can get them stopped on the turf and start off all over again and, and still win the race. You know, on dirt, it's very seldom you can get a horse stopped in he can come back to regain his stride again. You know, it's just, it, they got, it's two different kind of animals. The horses that run on turf and dirt is, I just love riding turf. I don't have the best horse most of the time, but if you pace them the right way and set them in the, in the right position, you're going to win races. That's what I always felt riding the grass. Well, with all due respect to Pure Sensation, he is certainly not on paper the best horse in the race. There's Lady Aurelia, there's Marsha, who beat Lady Aurelia in what I think is the best race in North America or Europe all year long, the Nunthorpe Stakes at York. How do you plan to try to snooker those horses? Well, you know, we're going in with good faith and good confidence in Pure Sensation and Mr. Um, Frank and Miss Patricia, you know, they're aiming their hearts for this race. So with that being said, it's just, you know, we're going to get a good break. We're going to see who want to go to the lead and who don't want to go to the lead and ride the best race that they expect out of me by sending me to California. Now, speaking of traveling, you could have stayed at parks and made a pretty good living the way Russell Bays did in Northern California, where he was the unquestioned king for decades what made you decide in 2013 that it was time to make the move from Parks to Monmouth and then on to New York? You know, I was going through a main growth spurt in my own mind to be more responsible and, you know, ride better races and just get better. You know, the, the thing is, before you make these steps to go ride at bigger tracks, you got to get better at your craft and over the years and seven years, it just wasn't anything else that I could have learned at the smaller tracks to make me any better. And it was getting too easy for me. So I just wanted to go try New York. And I always felt that I belonged here. And um, and if I put faith in God before me and all my loved ones that, that, that support me, I can make it anywhere. And, you know, so far, so good in New York is still a little tough for me, you know, because... You know, I don't get the best horses like I had when I was at Parks, but it's it's, it's fine. I, I still went over 100 races a year in New York, and, you know, I work my butt off. I want to be successful in life. Uh, that's what it's about. I have a wife and two kids, and, you know, we we, we got to work hard. We got we to gotta set examples for the kids. We're chatting with jockey Kendrick Carmouche here on In The Gate. Now, you've been riding in the ultra-competitive New York jockey colony for roughly three or so years now, and you're alluding to it with the tone of your voice, but how has your confidence held up from the beginning of your time in New York until now? My confidence never changes. You can ask anybody in this horse racing industry, Wherever I travel, wherever I go, my confidence stays the same. I'm the same person, you know. I I, I just believe 
you know, hard work, ride smart, win races. Don't let anything get to you because you don't have any control of trainers, owners. You just got to hope for the best that they see that you can ride horses and you, you ride good races and they give you opportunity to keep your confidence and keep maintaining throughout the year of winning. You know, it's it, that's what it's about. And, and I never let anything get to me. I just feel like, you know, you make your own success, you're your own worst enemy, do the best that you can. Now, you mentioned you have two kids. I have a 14-year-old son. He's a knucklehead. And it seems to me that a parent would hardly ever tell a child to move out and to go far away, no less. But apparently your parents did just that to you. What was the thought there? Uh, Just, you know, being in Louisiana is kind of tough. You know, they felt that leaving Louisiana, I would have a better shot at being successful as a, as a jockey. And I can say they was right. I love the East Coast. I've been here for 19 years now and build a family. It's just, you know, they, everybody, they don't look at you as you color. They look at you, well, you're a good jockey. I'm a Raji. And that, that, so far in my career and just being successful on the east coast i love it i mean i'm pretty I, I love it so you think there would have been less of a chance to advance in louisiana i really do think so from you know i'm black african-american jockey you know I, we don't see that too often be successful in louisiana it's just that much harder for us and figure if you go if you leave out of louisiana you can do better well, that said, what was it like to grow up around horses in Louisiana? Oh, it was wonderful. That's one thing I can see. You know, the people are really nice. We all Southern people, you know. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. You know, we. it was a pleasure. My dad wrote for 17 years, got suspended for 10. He was the folk jockey. And, you know, we had to go to bush tracks and follow my dad and I follow my dad everywhere and the horse people is just wonderful you know it's just you know it's it's it's, it's hard to break in in Louisiana you just gotta go somewhere else and, and be successful if you don't mind my asking you said he was suspended for 10 years what happened my dad was suspended for 10 years I was a young kid call him the fog jock he ended up um holding a horse in the fog at Delta Downs whenever I was a kid I got to understand the story when I got a little bit older to understand. <laughs> My dad could have sit down and tell me about it, but it was a big old back then. And, you know, we, we all moved on to where my daddy had a very success, successful career on the bush tracks, making good money and supporting the family. And, you know, it just carried on throughout my career, you know, my dad being a fog jockey. So, you know, it's everybody speak about it. It's fine. It was a part of life where everybody had to go through. When did you first ride? I was galloping horses for my dad when my dad got hurt and breaking babies. And by the time I was 14, 15 years old, I could have ride whenever I was that young of age. But we were just waiting until I turned 16 to get my license to be a jockey. So you didn't even ride at the bush tracks where rules, as we know, are just mere suggestions? I rode one time on the bush track. I refuse to do it anymore. It's just no rules out there. And that wasn't a thing that I wanted to do. 
with the latest Bold Thunder. Bold Thunder tackled there on the outside by Pure Sensation. Pure Sensation, Bold Thunder battling for the lead. Three lengths back in third. Deep stretch, and it's going to be... What would it mean to you if Pure Sensation were to win the turf sprint? Uh, It would mean a whole lot to me. I mean, for my family, God that put us in that situation, Mr. Frank, Miss Patricia, Christophe Clement, all of us, I mean, it would mean the world to me. It would just... It'll be another trophy in my mind that I set from the day I was a young kid coming from Louisiana to the East Coast and flying everywhere to be successful in life. It would really be mean so much to me and for my kids, too, that daddy never gives up, never gives up. Well, we certainly wish you the best of luck out there and continued success, and thank you so much for a few minutes. I appreciate it, Mr. Bear. We're going to take a short break here on In the Gate, but when we come back, the winningest European-based rider in Breeders' Cup history, the ageless Frankie DeTore, and I say that because he's the same age I am, joins us in just a moment, so don't go away. Welcome back to the In the Gate podcast. The guy already has a statue erected for him at Ascot Racecourse. He's won every major British stakes, including the one that eluded him the longest, the champion stakes, just a couple of weeks ago. And before that, he won his fifth Arc de Triomphe. So it's hard to call jockey Frankie Dettori the comeback kid. But yet he is. Four years ago, Frankie Dettori was 42 years old and had been cut loose as the first call rider for the powerful Godolphin organization. He had been hit with a six-month suspension for a positive cocaine test and the phone wasn't ringing as much from owners and trainers. When he did ride, his win rate was a middling 6%. Now, at the advanced riding age of 46, yes, 40 is the new 20, Frankie Dottori is, as singer Steve Winwood might say, back in the high life again. Now he heads to one of his favorite playgrounds, the Breeders' Cup, where he's won 12 races, including Queen's Trust in the Philly and Mare Turf last year. Dottori will pilot Judmont International winner Ulysses in the turf, among others. And so we are pleased to welcome back to Win the Gate three-time British champion jockey Frankie Dottori. Before we talk about your horses, we have to talk about your comeback, if you want to call it that. What was the most important factor in getting from where you were at your lowest point to where you are now? Well, that's what I've been doing all my life, just determination and... uh you know, I never doubted my ability, and that's it. How important was Sheik Joan in that in that process? Not very much. I mean, he gave me a lifeline, really. And, and then, obviously, when Dewey went to Godolphin, then he's opened a door for me to get back with John Gosden. But we seem to do things quite well together, and the rest is history. Yeah, it's been, what, three years, I think, since John Gosden welcomed you back? Yeah. I mean, he is one of the main trainers for Godolphin, and your history with him goes back a couple of decades. Was there any awkwardness at the beginning in partnering with him and them again? Well, John, he's, look, I worked for him in the early 90s, so he knows me inside out, and it was great to go back and work for him because not only trains he's a great trainer, but he also trains me. He knows when to pick me up, and he knows when to kick me down when I'm been silly so he's uh, <laughs> he's a wonderful person to be with how close were you to packing it in for good 
close, uh, maybe three months. And what do you think really turns it around for you? Golden Horn. And this is it now, the home straight in the arc. Trev towards the right, begins to make a move. Golden Horn and New Bay are the front too, though. Golden Horn in front, and it's Golden Horn and Frankie Dottori from Flincher in second place. Trevor's on the outside in third, trying to close. Golden Horn, though, is answering every call from Frankie, and it's Golden Horn who's going to win the arc. You know, you won, you won the Derby, you won the Eclipse, the Champions League, the arc. I mean, he's the one that's... After saying Kim to add around, you know, you need one good horse to make you come back, and it was definitely the one. Now, the partnership with John Gosden resulted this year in a storybook season for Enable, who was modestly regarded when she won the Oaks, went on to dominate the Arc, Europe's biggest race. Now comes the Breeders' Cup, where you'll get a look at the horse you defeated in the Arc. And now they engage as they race up towards the final furlong and a half. Barney Roy and Churchill, the tall rivals, with Ulysses on the outside, who's easing into the race. What will he find? Barney Roy in the centre, Ulysses on the near side, Churchill on the far side, and it's Ulysses who's wearing down the two three-year-olds on the inside. And Ulysses is going to win the chatbot. Right, now Jim Crowley has piloted Ulysses for a chunk of the year. Have you spoken with him about what to expect? Uh, it also looks much stronger, and uh, they're never easy to win the Beatles Cup, but it's there with every chance. I mean, the Island Rio will be a tough, tough nut to crack, but hey, we're going to give it a go. Queen's Trust between horses into the stretch and Avenge leads by two and a half. Lady Eli setting after a while, drifting in slightly. Queen's Trust, seventh heaven, finishing well. Avenge in front. Lady Eli's coming at us strongly. So is Queen's Trust. Lady Eli and Queen's Trust get to Avenge. Lady Eli and Queen's Trust. Camera, either Queen's Trust or Lady Eli. Now, Queen's Trust won that filly and mare turf last year, returns to defend her title. She's winless in five starts this year, including an eighth in her last start, the Group 1 Prix de la Opera at Chanty at the beginning of October. But then again, last year, she went winless in five starts prior to winning the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. So how is she coming into the race this year compared with last year? Well, she very ground-dependent. She really likes to fast turf. That's why she does so well in America. So everything is uh, in a favor. The turf is a mile and one. It might be a little bit sharp for her, but she likes it. She saw last year and she likes, she likes it around there. Now let's talk about one of your other rides. Now there are a bunch of horses coming from Europe with American-themed names, including Home of the Brave and U.S. Navy Flag, and you ride another such horse, James Garfield. Who knew that our 20th president yeah. would turn in a good showing at Royal Ascot? third in the Windsor Castle, and have a chance to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. What type of race scenario would Drainer George Scott and you like to see for him? Well, we drew, okay, seven. That's not bad. He is a uh, big heart. He likes fast ground. He'll, he'll put on a nice show, I think. You know, obviously, he's never been around the band before, but we train him and he's just fine. So I would say he's one of my better ones for this weekend. The youngest of your five children, Rocco, won first place at a horse show in April. How long do you give him before he wins the Derby? Uh, <laughs> but he's only just started. He, he seems to like it, so it'd be great for third generation before he won the race track. Your heart must be like beating out of your chest when you see him do that, isn't it? 
Yeah, he's great. It's wonderful. Frankie Dottori also rides Juliet Capulet in the Juvenile Phillies turf. Remember, love moderately, love moderately. And a dirt ride as well, Mopatism in the distaff. And we wish you all the luck on all of them. Thank you so much for a few minutes. Barry, thanks a lot for the season. Thank you, bye. Our thanks to Frankie Dottori and to Kendrick Carmouche. I've walked in awe at the Kentucky Horse Park past the many cases of trophies from the Calumet Farm Championship heyday. That's as close as I had come to witnessing sustained domination. To think it would happen again, I would have said, no way. But what a year it's been for Coolmore, the mighty Irish outfit with trainer Aidan O'Brien at the fore. This year, he has 26 Group 1 wins, beating Bobby Frankel's record. And at the Breeders' Cup, he has the chance for more. Aiden O'Brien's resume in this sport is staggering. 18 Irish training titles for kicks. He's the only conditioner to win the Epsom Derby three straight years. And he's led Coolmore since 1996. His three children have followed Aiden. Two are riders, one now trains. And each has had a fair share of success. It harkens back to Ben and Jimmy Jones at Calumet, the only other dynasty with that kind of greatness. You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes Store and TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone that you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. Remember to join us Thursday and Friday as we break down the Breeders' Cup races and help you pick winners. But for now, that's In The Gate. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you tomorrow.